0: All right, um, this question says that uh, you preached about John chapter 15 and verse 7, talking about prayer and the condition that is attached in asking and receiving from God. And then the question is, how do you reconcile that with John fourteen fourteen, though it has its condition, which is asking in the name of Jesus, But I think it is much easier than John 15, chapter 7, which has to do with abiding and may take much time. How do you reconcile these two verses in prayer? All right, so he says here that I preached about John 15, 7, but let me correct that. Jesus was the one that preached it first, all right? So it's not like I was preaching my own. And then Jesus, the same Jesus, preached John 14 and verse 14. And he says that John 14:14 14, 14 sounds much easier and faster to apply in getting answers to prayers than John 15:7. So how do you reconcile that? All right. Do we still have to do John 15:7 when there is John 14, 14? Alright, so the first thing I'll ask you to do is put up John 15:7 so we know what he's saying: that if you abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So what he is asking or she is asking is, you know, you have to abide, and his words abide in order to ask. All right, but John fourteen fourteen, right, just says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it for you. Now, first of all, let me just say this here. When the Bible says you ask in the name of Jesus, it doesn't just mean that any prayer that you end by saying, in the name of Jesus, you have asked in the name of Jesus. All right? The name of Jesus means the character of Jesus. It means you asked in the authority of Jesus Christ. It means he was consistent with his character. Now, the reason why I'm saying this, all right, because some people have asked me a question in the past, that if you look at Paul's prayers, in Ephesians, at every New Testament prayer, literally speaking, he never ended those prayers by saying, in the name of Jesus. In other words, he did not literally, if you want to go with the literal all right, understanding that people are giving to it, When he said, God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. You may know the hope of his high calling the riches. He did not finish and say, I'm asking for all this in the name of Jesus. Well, if you read the context in which he wrote it from the beginning to the end, you will know that he asked for those things in the name, the authority, the character, based on the work of Jesus Christ. However, let's look at this here. Now, we do it literally now. So John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me, the second says, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it unto you. Now, it's the same Jesus that made both statements. So let's look at it this way. I'm talking to somebody and I want to talk about driving a car. And then I say to the person that if you get the key and put it within in the ignition there and start the car, you can drive the car. Now I'm talking to somebody about driving a car. Now, that John 14 there, 14, was just an isolated statement. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, it's a whole book. It was teaching up and down, but you just take that line, all right, and this is how we take things out of context. So if I just tell the person, you know, if you put the key in the ignition and start the car, you know, just drive the car, and I'm correct in that isolated statement. However, I did not tell you, all right, and somewhere else, I told you that you need to put fuel in the car. Somewhere else I told you you need to put engine oil in the car. Somewhere else I told you you need to put water in the radiator. All right. But you now say, but what you said to me, right, was put the key in, start the car, and drive off. Now all you need to do is to put the key in, all right. I just said that. All right, put the key in, start the car and drive the car. Right? Now that's an isolated statement. So you have to look at everything. Okay? The Bible also says. whatsoever we ask, that a man should not think he shall receive anything from God if that man doesn't ask in faith. So are you going to say that because I ended a prayer by saying I ask for this in the name of Jesus Christ, it has overridden the principle of me asking in faith or I do not have to stay in faith and I can now doubt because I said at the end of the prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Or are you going to say that because he did not mention that if you have any ought in your heart against anybody, that that is therefore not necessary, because when he said, if you ask anything in the name of Jesus Christ, he did not include that particular thing, neither did he say that you should end the prayer with thanksgiving, that are you going to say, all right, that, uh, so that's not the way you read the Bible. What you do is that when you want to study any subject within the Bible, Right, you do what now? You 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 look for everything that the Bible has to say in relation to that particular subject, so you can get the whole mind of God. All right, we said this here that that's why there are even four Gospels, which means that one author could not capture everything that had to do with Jesus Christ. If we're just going to go with what. All right, Matthew said that we're going to look at the lineage of Jesus starting from Abraham because he was talking about Jesus as a Jew. If we're going to look at what Luke said about him, talking about his humanity, he started it from Adam. If you're going to look at what John said, John did not trace him to being born of by any woman from any natural lineage. He just said in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. So it's important. The the important thing about what that person asked is that on any subject, right, before you draw your conclusion on it, the same way you can't just say that because a human being talking said that, do it like this means that that is all that you have to do to make that particular thing work. That is just an isolated statement and it's still the same Jesus, all right, who went on, All right, and said it. So abiding in him includes asking in the name, all right, of Jesus Christ. All right, so let's take the second one here. Second question. All right, Uh, the person said in the course of your teachings on the subject of faith and prayers, you promised to talk about the operations of demons regarding how they affect prayers, but you did not delve into it as promised. Yes, you talked about declaration after prayers of stopping every maneuvering of demons as well as usual Daniel and Prince of Persia. And he said, maybe I missed it. All right? Okay. So I assume what this person is referring to was the fact that I did say, and I'm still going to do it, that we'll teach on the subject of spiritual warfare when it comes to prayers, all right? But I think what we taught is enough, all right, to practice. But because this question was asked, let me just um, say a few things concerning it. Now, failure to get answers, right, in terms of when we pray, that assuming we have asked according to God's will is due to... right, demonic interference, or the lack of acting on our own part, which means two things will be responsible for it. Either there is demonic interference or the corresponding actions have not been carried out by the individual. In other words, the person is just seated and praying about that particular thing, and there are no corresponding actions that that person is taking as regards what they are praying about. As the Bible says, faith without works is dead. In other words, the corresponding actions, the steps that you are supposed to take, right, have not been taken. So the corresponding actions have not been taken because people have not recognized the importance or the import of the statement, faith without works is dead, being alone or inoperative. So it says that the faith is inoperative because there are no corresponding actions that are being carried out. Now, so we look at demonic interference. Let me just say a few things about that. When you go into the place of prayer, now it is the prayer of faith that you are offering up in this context. What do we mean prayer of faith? I found God's word, and I asked God for certain things according to his will. And from that moment, I believe I received it, and therefore I get up in the morning to thank God because he has heard and answered my prayer. Now, between the time where I said, God, thank you, I have, I have received it, and the manifestation, between that, you fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold on eternal life. Now it is that fight of faith, which means faith is a fight, it's a warfare. It is that fight of faith that we are calling spiritual warfare. And the basis of it, it is a fight because I am saying, I have this thing, but it has not yet appeared in the natural or become apparent. So what are a few things that you can do all right, in this light here. First thing is, number one, in terms of spiritual warfare, the most potent weapon in a spiritual warfare is praise. And if I will check, right, as to why a person might be losing the warfare, the first thing I will ask is how much of praise is going on which means because praise is how you affirm that you have something. Which means I'm praising God, I am affirming that that particular thing has been given to me by God, and praise is the way you release the ability of God into the atmosphere to bring about the fulfillment of something. It is the most potent weapon in spiritual warfare. The Bible says, Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, which means when things happened that would have caused him to stagger, he staggered not. And how did he do that? He said, but was strengthened in faith by giving glory to God, which means instead of staggering, he was giving glory to God, and so he was strengthened in faith. So number one, all right, it will be enter with praise. The second thing, now listen carefully to this, is that explore the territory that you are dealing with. Now, this is what I'm saying, and this is very important. The minute you start confessing and believing God for things, and you are confessing it as though it is done in your life, you are exposed to the realm of the Spirit. Let me repeat this once you start confessing and declaring, you are exposed to the realm of the Spirit. Now, once you are exposed to the realm of the Spirit, any difficulty that is actually going on in the realm of the Spirit will be communicated back to you in your thought life as a simple thought. Now, many people don't appreciate it and pay attention to this. In other words, if you are in a business, and you are declaring, and declaring, all right, about maybe the growth of that business, after some time, because you are touching and pushing in the realm of the spirit, you are going to get feedback from the environment, which means a person might just casually say to you, and that's spiritual information that God is giving to you, right, but people don't pick up on it. And the person might just say something like, you know, you know you know it's, it's quite difficult, you know, taking this turn around this place all right, to so, so, so get to the location of your, of your business. In other words, an information has been given to you that one of the things, because when you're exploring the land, you are looking for the strongholds or the player point. So some feedback has come that that particular thing is creating an actual challenge in the realm of the spirit, and Satan is exploiting that. You see, he's the prince of the power of the air, which means there's something in the air, all right? And once you start confessing, what is in the atmosphere that is resisting it? Because it's in the air, which means people are thinking it, people are saying it. The problem is, people just don't know that this is spiritual information that they're getting, And the Bible says Jesus was tempted at every point just as we are. So what is happening is that the angels are giving you feedback that these are the points, all right, of temptation. These are the pressure points, right, that is being used against whatever you are doing. So what you now do in prayer is that you want to eliminate those strongholds. In other words, when you are now praying, so you bring up that issue. All right, because the Bible says, every we cast out every imagination and every high thing and every prejudice that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. So, there are imaginations, there are like prejudice, there are things people are thinking about. All right, there are things that are in the atmosphere, they're in the thoughts of people that are coming out. But you see, we ignore these things there. All right, Uh, that's why they'll tell the spies, go and spy the land you want to take. So you are spying the land. You are looking at it. The enemy's strongholds are being shown you. That's what's really going on, all right? Uh, pe- because it's in the atmosphere. So you hear those things, right? Now, so what you do, once you start praising God, and then, you know, you are thanking him and praising him, right? Now, once you start getting, and those things start creating weights on your heart. So once you start picking up those things, you hear them weights are there. Next time you pray, you bring those things up in detail, All right, Lord, I bring up this aspect of this, all right, and pray that particular thing through. And then you hear something else, pick up that particular thing, pray that particular thing through. Pick up something else, you see it there, pray that, all right, particular thing, all right, through there, and deal, all right, with those things there, and start praying about those things. So know the strategy of the enemy, the points at which you must pray, the places, all right, of temptation, which is where the pressure is, the more you stay in faith confessing, the more you are going to become aware of the things, all right? And the problem is we seem to ignore these messages that angels are actually giving to us. So as you are confessing and declaring, you will begin to pick up things, right, in the atmosphere. That's why sometimes when something finally goes wrong, you'll hear people say, you know, and I knew this thing. You, you hear people say, you know, I, I, I knew I picked up on this thing, which means that the thing has been revealed, right, to them, but they are not addressing those things there in the place, all right, of prayer there. So you pick up on those things there. So let's assume you're in your career, things are not working out well, and casually somebody just says that, you know, the people have this particular perception about you. Pick up on that, right, because it's in the air, all right? That, someone just dropped it. That's intelligence, it's like you're going to one, they're giving you intelligent. Pick up on that particular thing, that this must be something massive in the spirit that is being used, all right, against, right, what we're doing, and then pray that particular thing, stay in the place of prayer, pray that particular thing through, and you begin to get the thoughts that you should implement. So in Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, lest Satan should gain an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So he will have undue advantage if you are ignorant of his devices. There, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, it says concerning spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians, not 2. All right, "Concerning, concerning spiritual gifts. Now, it's in brackets, which means it's in italics. What this means, if you read it in King James, it means this was added by the translators and you are at liberty to take it out. So let's remove the gifts and you'll see what Paul is saying. Concerning spiritual brethren, in other words, concerning the spiritual, I will not have you ignorant. So it's important that we're not ignorant of what is going on in the spirit realm. But the spirit realm is not a spooky realm. It's very close to us right, it's right next to us, all right, and every time we are gaining information that comes into our thought life, right, but because we don't understand how, how sensitive that realm is, which means it just nudges on you and informs you about something and just nudges here, we ignore those things and feel that, you know, the spirit realm must be in the earthquake, the spirit realm must be in the mountain that moves and not in the small, still voice. So once you begin to confess God's word and you're praising, stay spiritually alert, right? Information will come back to you as regards what might be militating against it, and then what you do is that pray, alright, those things. So detect what the strongholds are, alright, through feedback you are getting, and pray through on these things. Alright, and when you have prayed, alright, through on those things, let me just add this, then you can all right. Once you pray through on something, you have overcome. So when you pray through, I'm going to answer what it means to pray through later on. But when you pray through and you get a note of victory, then you have overcome some demonic restraints concerning that particular thing manifested in the thoughts of people towards it. And then you can now declare, like we said, that Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ and cast you out. I command you to in your maneuver and cast you out. All right, of this particular situation, ministering spirits, I release you, go forth and minister for me, all right, on behalf of salvation there. So, you now release, all right, um, ministering spirits. But it's important. Stay in the place of praise, stay confessing, but then be alert, all right? Once things are, if you hear something the first time, as they say, we'll say happenstance. You hear it the second time, we say coincidence. You hear it the third time, enemy action. Are you from Nigeria? which means something comes back, is enemy action, all right? Which means there's some movement in the spirit realm concerning that thing. God is faithful. The spirit realm is very close, right? It is just next to us. And once you're pushing for something and you start confessing, you expose your mind to the realm of the spirit and you start getting impressions from that particular realm, all right, right upon your mind, okay? You start getting impressions there, right upon it. So if there's somebody... Let's say you hired that is completely wrong. The impression starts coming to you. The problem is people don't do anything about it. They don't understand that this is some communication. Now, you might think what I should do is fire that person. That might not be the correct thing to do. The correct thing to do, first of all, is pray that particular thing through. When you do that, then the thoughts of God now come to you concerning that particular situation. Then you implement the thoughts of God. So the thoughts of God come to you concerning it, and then, all right, you implement the thoughts of God. All right, did that help? Huh? Okay then. All right, number three, quickly. All right, I always struggle and suffer for things. I always struggle and suffer for things. Okay, I suffer to get things done. That's why I say. Even as a believer, even when I pray about something, God will answer, but the following happens. The answer always comes late. The answer will come small and smaller than what I asked. <laughs> right. You know, in school, we used to have a, 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 a phrase for that. You know, you say, El Shaddai God. We used to call, we say, when that happens, we say, this is the El Tipo God. In other words, you ask for a call, but it's coming. We'll call it the El Tipo, right? Now, it's, this is a valid experience, all right? I will keep on thanking God for it, but it will be struggling. i be struggling as I'm thanking God and stressful. What am I getting wrong, sir? Okay, thank you for all the insights you have started preaching. I've started practice some of them. All right. Now, please, let me just put this here as a caveat here. Okay? When it comes to prayer, an answer to prayer, okay, I am just trying my best to help. Only God in heaven knows the exact answer to your questions. Now, and I'm not saying that to cop out, all right, trying to do the ostrich, you know, hiding my head. The truth about the matter is this. In the practice of your faith work no matter how well you are taught, once you begin to practice it, you will come up against certain obstacles that what you were taught, or let me say what you heard, may not be sufficient or you don't know what's going on. Now, that is the place, all right, where the Father wants to reveal certain things to you. And it is important in your faith work So ask God questions. Like the disciples, they try to cast the demon out. Don't do PR for God. Don't cover it up. Don't bury it and put it somewhere. If you don't have an answer for things, it will leak your faith in future. In other words, when you start believing, Satan will use that thing as a trigger, all right, and leak the confidence that you have So it is important that you get answers. If you prayed about something and you did not get the result, all right, and the time passed, you have to go back and ask God, what happened, where did I miss it? Now, the reason why we don't do this is because the African tradition tells you that if you're talking to somebody in authority, you don't ask them questions, neither do you ask elders questions. But with God, you will not get anything if you don't ask Him, right? That's why the disciples went to Jesus and said, all right, to Jesus, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus opened a world, right, to them that we are still using today. Which means, can you imagine if Jesus never said that, where he said, this one cometh not except by prayer and by fasting, right? Which means there's a dimension that we'll never even have gotten to, not knowing that praying and fasting, all right, will do that.